All right, all right, all right. This is the uh, Overcoming Podcast with Caleb Van Voren. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, uh, be sure to like, follow, subscribe, whatever the platform you're listening to this on. Check us out, Overcoming uh, PC at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, email us at Overcoming pc at gmail.com uh, check us out each week uh, we publish on thursdays broadcasts on tuesdays when uh technical limitations are put aside so our guest this week is a uh, chad paul frederick uh he uh currently teaches at sullivan university uh, in uh, northern kentucky uh he teaches on uh, sustainability and public policy related to that he's the author of a new book uh america's addiction to automobiles why cities need to kick the habit uh i haven't had the chance to read it yet but uh it looks pretty cool uh so you should definitely check that out if you uh uh we'll go ahead and link to that in our show notes cities are the key.com um but uh chad uh go ahead and uh, tell us a little bit about yourself uh and uh in the book and uh what you're hoping to kind of change with that mm-hmm uh, well, thanks for having me on. Uh, thanks for taking the time to do this. I, I like the premise of the show. I think it's going to be really useful for a lot of people, and uh, it's a very novel uh, kind of idea. So uh, good luck with it. And uh, um, about me, I'm a uh, 46-year-old uh, straight white male who lives in uh, northern Kentucky. Um, I uh, teach uh, graduate-level public policy at a university. I've got a wife and a daughter and a she was four years old and a 22-year-old son uh, who uh, lives in New Orleans. Let me see. Uh, I'm originally from Los Angeles. I was born in L.A. County General Hospital. Uh, my mom was a waitress, a single mother. Uh, my dad was a machine operator, uh, but he wasn't in the picture much. Um, and so uh, lived in Southern California until I was... 14, and then I moved to New York and lived in New York for off and on for three years and uh, would, uh, would go live with my dad at that point and uh, ran away from home a bunch of times uh, throughout that. I would go from Los Angeles to New York to Los Angeles to New York and back and forth. I probably did that five times <laughs> in, the, in three years. Okay. Um, and then I dropped out of school halfway through the senior year. Uh, Traveled around the country for a while, uh, years, I guess a few years, um, and uh, joined the Army, was in the Army for a, a bit, and then uh, uh, got a gal pregnant, and that's my son, Max, and he's uh, going to be 24 or 25 now, um, and then uh, lived in uh, Minneapolis for 20 years, and... Uh, <laughs> okay. Went back. I was, an, I, was a, I, was a, I was a lot of different jobs. I was a, a mechanic, tow truck driver, a um, bunch of you know silly stuff, uh, um, and then you know a short order cook and a waiter. I mean, you name it. I had that. I had the job. I was a, a doorman for a while at a jazz club. Uh, um, as an arborist for ten years at that time, though, that's so, uh, trimming trees and cutting down trees and so on and so forth. And then I decided to go back to school, and I got a bachelor's degree in interdisciplinary studies, and then I went to Arizona and got a master's degree in urban planning, and then I went to Louisville and got a PhD in urban public affairs, and here I am. Wow. So that's kind of, uh, that's, the, that's the short of it, I guess. 
It's very long and varied life. Very long and varied life. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, when talking about it, every time, you know, every time one of those little phases I, I, I think about uh, through that little story, where have you been? Uh, there's like five different things that pop into my mind about overcoming something or other. You know? <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's like, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, I feel it's like almost cool. like where to begin, you know. Uh, you know, so I, I guess uh, you know um, what I should. Well, I can tell you. I'll tell you about my book because I'm I'm particularly proud about that uh, because uh, you know everyone always wants to I think make something. You know, uh, I made a beautiful daughter and a, and a wonderful son, and uh, you know I've got a nice family and some other things, um, but. Uh, uh, you know, to do something of your own, to create something of your, by your own hand or your own mind, um, by your own desire. Uh, the book was one of those things, something I always wanted to do, I think, in the back of my back of my mind. And so when the opportunity came along to do that, I, I did it. And uh, it was a lot It was a lot of work. Um, and, uh, but it's, I like it. I mean, it's the, it's a, it's a form of self-expression. Right, so you read that. You're reading a little bit of me. You're reading about all the things that I've learned about cities uh, and uh, sustainability over the past, you know, well, twelve years, I suppose it would be. Um, so I started getting interested in that, and then I went back to school. But, but um, uh, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, what do you think, Cal? A question for me about any of that jazz or oh <laughs> yeah I, I guess i can prompt the conversation a little bit uh but no so so tell me a little bit about about the uh, the thesis of the book like what, what is the book about well it's a it's a really i mean the the, the title is a little bit misleading because i try to kind of want to sneak people into the book um it's, it's called uh, america's addiction to automobiles and um and it's really a, a little bit it's more. It's about more than just that because um, you know uh, when you talk about something as specific as America's addiction to automobiles, it sort of begs the question as to well, you know, all kinds of other questions like why are we addicted and and uh, what does that addiction look like and and what do you mean by uh, being addicted to automobiles or and and uh, and so on and so forth. So as a, I'm a social scientist and so by by training I'm in interdisciplinary sciences. Uh, which is uh, a little bit different than, say, sociology or geography or, or, or uh, public administration, political science. I, I don't look at um, problems through a disciplinary lens. I don't look at the world as a sociologist. I am not a geographer, right? Uh, okay. I, I am a problem. I am a problem solver, a question answerer, I suppose. Uh, I'm a social scientist. And so, but the point of being an inter- interdisciplinary scientist is that you look at the problem first. And say, uh, what what's what's the nature of the problem, um, and and how can I go about best answering that that question uh, that we have about it? Um, so, for example, um, you know, a lot of sociologists might be, for example, Marxists, and so they're going to look at a question and say, okay, well, I'm a sociologist, so here are the things that matter, right, to answer mm-hmm. this question, uh, and then furthermore, I'm a Marxist, and so here are sort of the things that I think uh, are necessary to talk about in discussing whatever the problem is and for them it'll be like labor capital relations and, and things like that I don't do that I, I, I I'm not a Marxist I'm not a sociologist I'm not uh, any of these things I'm a, if I describing it in any kind of uh, philosophy or ideology it would be that I'm a 
a critical pragmatist. So the critical pragmatist, you know, a pragmatist says, well, how do you answer the question? Uh, what is the nature of the question? And a critical pragmatist would say, uh, why is it important? And who, who's in, who is impacted by it? Why does it matter? And, and, and uh, you know, uh, specifically about power. Uh, who's in control? Who suffers? Uh, and, and as a kind of a, uh, an additional element that you would want to consider in answering the question. So when I say it's about automobile addiction, it's also it's, it's really about the way people think, and it's, and it's the way. Uh, so for example, in there there's a a chapter called the social sciences, and to me, uh, a lot of the problem that we have with society is is a function of the way social sciences is approached in Western civilization. Uh, one of those problems uh, is that we have a tendency to reduce things in order to look at them, and that reduction comes from uh, the success of the natural sciences, and so uh, the social scientists at the you know the middle of the 19th century started looking at the natural sciences and saying, and saying "Wow, look at all these fantastic um, advances they have! Um, you know, what what about that can we learn?" And so, and so they try to treat society like um, like a physicist treats uh, um, uh, energy, or, or or a biologist might treat you know population of deer or something like that. Uh, uh, but there's a, a big difference between society and, and the natural sciences, uh, and that's humans. You know, we, we change, we change quite a bit. We're not mm -hmm. oxygen atoms, kind of in a beaker <laughs> that you heat up and yeah. it acts one way. Uh, you know, um, so uh, in, in, in physics and, and chemistry and so on, uh, you need to reduce the amount of information in order to understand the phenomena that's in, in work. Um, so, for example, you want to know why does iron rust? Well, you need to get all of the cadmium and, uh, you know, uh, arsenic and all these other kind of weird chemicals that might be uh, attached to all the biological matter that might be attached to this rock of iron um, and then sort of tweak one or two little elements that remain in, in the beaker, the heat, the, the water content, oxygen content, things like that. Well, society is not like that. You know, you, you, might have to, you might have to remove all this stuff. Mm -hmm. From a beaker to understand the relationship between iron and water and oxygen, um, but uh, you remove things out of the social context, out of our beaker that we're all in, uh, and these interactions might not even occur. You see, so the, the fundamental difference at the, at the very basic level between natural sciences and social sciences, and when you treat the social sciences like uh, like a natural science, you get all you, you miss too much interaction. You miss, you miss too much. Um, uh, important details that make the reaction possible. So the the book is not just about automobile uh, addiction, but it's it's all it's all about why. And one of the reasons why we're addicted to automobiles is because we don't have a good concept of power. We don't um, we were not really trained by social sciences uh, as a public uh, to interrogate um, the question of power and, and who has power and, and why and, uh, and and what he, what power even means. I mean, most people have a a fairly um, elementary uh, notion of power, physical power would be one of them. You, you know, Joey pushes uh, Simon in the parking lot and knocks him on the ground. He's more powerful than him, and, and you know, and that's uh, this. Uh, armies are, are powerful when they take occupy physical space. Uh, you know, it's all mm -hmm. very physical and, 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 and spatial. But power is uh, much more uh, complicated than that, or can be thought of in more complicated ways. And the public's okay. not equipped largely, uh, to think about those kinds of things. And so, you know, then that's been, uh, 
I, I've had to overcome that in, uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in trying to communicate this book to people because, you know, uh, no one wants to know that they're, that they don't have, they're not equipped to answer questions. They really don't, you know. Yeah. So you tell them, like, well, you know, there's more things to it, you know. People are like, no, no, it's really very simple, you know. Uh, uh, if if X then Y and, and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So uh, oh, so your biggest problem in the book. book is essentially uh yeah trying to communicate what the value would be to someone, uh in reading it, right. which uh is right. a tough question and uh, but but it seems to me that that's very focused on the concept of a uh, a power being more subtle than we sometimes think it is, uh in power oh, dynamics yeah. and uh a lot of times invisible you know yeah uh, Foucault and, uh, talks about power in a really way um. He, he, you know, we always talk about power a lot of times as being a negative force, something that power to destroy. But power also makes things happen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one example that I like to use in, in the, the book is, uh, you know, the, the fire engine siren has a great deal of power. You don't recognize mm-hmm. it as, as such because it's normal, right? But, I mean, when you hear the siren, if you have any kind of sense of, of you know, being a conscientious person at all, you pull over or, or you, you know, slow down. You, you're, you're cognizant of it in any way. Right. Right. And so that siren has a certain amount of power, and but it's productive power. You get out of the way so they can go help somebody. You know, so that's yeah. that's um, uh, but it's it's normal. So you don't think of it in terms of power, but it yeah. does tell you what to do, and you, you often respond to it. I mean, most yeah. people respond to it. Yeah, so, so it has uh, a certain amount of power. Over yeah, so power could uh, s- somewhat be uh, uh, synonymed and okay. maybe uh, a scale down as well to to the concept of influence. Um, yes. Right, and and so it's not necessarily having control, but uh, it's the ability to t- influence the direction, shape behavior. Yeah, to shape yeah, behavior. Shape, right. Shaping behavior is very. And, uh, uh, you know. mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think society is becoming distinctly more aware of it, especially with the recent uh, Me Too campaign, um, uh, recent sexual harassment and uh, sexual assault allegations and things of that nature, where um, things that might be perceived as consensual. Right, it's very much more power dynamic uh, in the influence and power right. someone has over someone else, yeah, in a subtle way, just by right. the nature of their position. Um, right. Well, the Bill, the Bill Clinton thing is a good example of that. Yeah, you know, well, exactly. Monica, where, uh, where how much how much agency Monica have could have had in the presence of the most powerful person on on the planet, who you know who might be even considered handsome, I guess you know by by her. So if you add those kind of things together, and you, yeah. you probably have a lot more influence over her. Ability to to uh, assess a situation and 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 choose a um, direction that's beneficial for her, you know, yeah. other other than just being wowed by power, you know, it's kind of uh, yeah, like it's really amazing. So uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but because uh, uh, I've been trying to wrap my head a little bit around what the book is about, like <laughs> while you've been talking, um, and so it, it seems to me a little bit, it's about. Uh, being able to better understand uh, the subtleties of, of power and influence, uh, and also how automobiles um, and society's interaction with automobiles has power over us and our agency and the things that we can do. Sure. Um, without right. being... I mean, because you know, yeah, yeah. I, um, uh, you know, lots of people would like to live in a cute brownstone apartment downtown, you know, but there's nowhere to park their car. Yeah. So they decide, no, I think it's. There's no, there's no, no bothering with that, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're going to go out in the suburbs. So they, you know, I mean, how much of that choice to live in the city or the suburb is a function of the, the system of transportation that we built up around ourselves? Yeah. Right. I mean, that's 
so so yeah, I mean, it's it's it it, it actually does build our cities for us. You know, um, it it gives us the uh, the it provides the assumptions about what is normal. Uh, yeah. Building our so you know what's normal highways and gas stations and yeah. all this kind of stuff. So and then, uh, all, and then the concept that, of uh, that, that existed a hundred years ago. Yeah, hundred years ago, hardly any of that existed. Yeah, and the concept so, of I mean, a, this is all grid, a grid. Yeah. For so to say that you know things like that. It's, it's to say that it's normal is just you know you're basically saying well you know it's you know it's normal to me and so therefore it's normal period which is kind of like a, a very uh, arrogant kind of way to view yourself. Uh, particularly since there's children involved and, 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 and future generations who are going to have to deal with our choices. Mm-hmm. That's the, kind of the number one thing that really has to do with sustainability is, 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 uh, is uh, how, how much are you shaping other people's lives that haven't even been born yet, which are that oh, they're yeah. going to live, right? I mean, oh, yeah. Well, so, yeah, because uh, the question uh, around this as well and then, like, the greater concepts is just the overall threat of climate change, right, it is always uh-huh. in the sustainability that comes along with the fact that... Uh, the Earth's going to be fine. The Earth's going to be around for about another four and a half billion years until the sun blows up, sure. right? The, the question is, uh, yeah. where's humanity going to be and all that, right? Like that's the question. Right. Um, and so, like, right. and, and how does how do these things affect the way that we exist on the planet and inter- interact with the other things on the planet uh, in and of itself? Yeah. And uh, which is really interesting. Uh, a couple of quick questions for the book before we kind of get into the main thesis of the podcast. Uh, just because I'm curious now, uh, what, what's the rough length? Uh, I've only ever seen a picture of the cover, right? Just so people uh, can kind of uh, know what they're 209 pages. It's, 209 yeah, pages. 209 pages divided into uh, 12 chapters. Um, you know, the first half of it is more theoretical and talks about, you know, the second, you know, the first chapter talks about the addiction itself. Why is, why is it a problem? Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you worry about climate change, some other things too, there's uh, uh, some things to discuss with that. But, the number one thing with that is, is that um, it's a very precarious system. Yeah. It's very precarious. We're, okay. I, I like to say that um, we're, we're one tweet away uh, from having this the uh, cheap gasoline gravy train, uh, you know, come grinding to a halt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, in, in, and if that happens, if, if for some reason, like, you know, uh, we're at 50% of the, our needed or our necessary amount of, of, of gasoline, it's it's over. It's yeah. over. I mean, this place will go. Uh, it'll go Bosnia, uh, at, 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 you know, to a order of magnitude uh, in, in weeks. So. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, so well over two hundred pages, uh, twelve chapters. Uh, yeah. Just be, uh, uh, there's probably other people out there who are similar to me or who just uh, struggle in this regard uh, naturally. Um, so since uh, I had a brain surgery a couple of years ago, and so since then I have trouble reading. Uh, more so than I used uh-huh. to. Um, is there an audio version of the book, or is there one upcoming at some point? Uh, yeah, I had I hadn't uh, I hadn't thought of it. I mean, I, I I could I should actually it's um it, it might be useful. But there are going to be some videos coming out. Um, I am going to uh, be turning the book into a series of lectures, and so uh, those will be available on on YouTube probably in the next three to four months. Um, okay, and they will be probably. I guess ten minute long videos, one for each chapter, that sort of describes you know uh, what the deal is with that. So hopefully that will um, uh, uh, be useful to some people. Oh yeah, that, that sounds great. Because uh, yeah, like, like I said, I know from my personal experience. I know my wife uh, isn't the uh, she struggles with some dyslexia and doesn't read super well, right? So sometimes picking up right. a book and, and reading it can be a little bit more difficult. Uh, so audio sure. versions are, are really well, really helpful. So. Uh, and, and- 
We'll look forward to yeah, that. As, as a side note, my, my wife is Russian, and, and uh, English is her third language, actually. And, and so um, and she can read it quite well. And I try to make it accessible to everybody because mm-hmm. this is one of the problems. You know, um, and if, kind of one of the things I was going to talk about or, or thought I might want to talk about um, during the mm-hmm. podcast is, is overcoming things. Um, you know, academia is, is, is a – I mean, we could have a whole show on how academia is, is a, a, a barrier – it's something to overcome for, for everybody. And they really do just on the whole, I think nowadays, maybe not in the past, but certainly now, um, create a lot of barriers to, towards progress. And one of them is, is that they write in a way that nobody can understand. And, you know, uh, 99% of the people out there are not benefiting from the knowledge production that takes place on, mm-hmm. on, uh, in, in research universities. And, and uh, most of it is because of the way they write. So I wrote my book. I, I try to aim for like a 10th grade reading level. You know, or a college freshman or something like that. Yeah. So it's not loaded with jargon. It's not totally, mm-hmm. you know, windy and stuff. Uh, there, there is a section in it on statistics, and I think that people really should learn statistics if they're going to understand uh, the data and the research that is put, being put out there. You should know a little bit about that. So I, I try to, you know, um, uh, do a little bit of that. But but anyway, yeah. Um, awesome. So, okay, so moving so, on. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, uh, it's America's addiction to automobiles. Why cities should kick the habit. Um, I look forward to and consuming it. it. Yeah, why now? Yeah. They should kick the habit. Uh, I look forward to um, to consuming it in uh, one way, sh- shape, or form uh, sometime in the near future. Um, you can buy it on Amazon. Cities are the key. Uh, dot com. Yeah. Um, and uh, be sure to follow the Cities are the Key on Twitter and Facebook. Um, for any updates, uh, particularly about uh, changes coming to the format you can consume. Um, so, if you're new to the podcast, uh, this isn't just uh, an informational for really cool things. Um, uh, the kind of the thesis of this is, um, you know, talking about uh, the struggles that people have had in their lives, uh, uh, and kind of like the, the big one that they can think of, or, or one of many, right? Uh, something that really kind of held them back. Uh, from achieving what they wanted to achieve, um, and so we're we're talking about uh, you know what 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 held you back, um, how did you overcome that, right? And then uh, and then how did you find success after the fact, um, either after overcoming it or working through the process? Um, so uh, so Chad, uh, what was the uh, kind of the the not necessarily the biggest, but the one thing that you really wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah, um, well, you know, let's, I guess it's probably not an event, uh, so much or a condition as it was the situation that I saw myself in when I was a younger, young man, when I was, uh, the, the world is always a hostile place. My older brother, uh, was very effeminate. And so, uh, we would get our, uh, we would get jumped, uh, on a pretty much daily basis, uh, from when I went and he was two years older than me uh so when i went to school um with him uh in kindergarten he was in the, in the second grade uh he, he had already been getting beaten up and uh so when he and i uh, would walk uh home together you know there'd always be a group of kids his age or older that uh were intent on on uh, give them an ass kicking so uh you know i wasn't afraid I, it was uh, but i would jump up and say hey get off my brother and you know, they would grab me and start kicking the shit out of me, and then uh, uh, he would, my brother would jump up and run home. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that was life for, 
from when I was a kindergartner up until probably the third grade, I guess, second grade. Yeah, and then things started. The, you know, the guys that were, you know, a bit older than him graduated, right? So, mm-hmm. or they went moved on. I would say graduated. They moved on to uh, middle school or whatever. So they fucked off, and uh, you know, there was no one really to take their place because, you know, um, yeah, we, you know, that's not. I mean, it happens, but it's not very common, thankfully, uh, that you know people are just out looking to uh, kick people's asses. Um, so. Uh, when they left, uh, you know, things kind of mellowed out. But they, that was my entrance into society was, you know, uh, physical violence. Uh, you know, uh, my mom's um, uh, husband before that, she was married to this guy for a little while. And uh, um, I was probably four when this happened. Uh, his name was Alan. And uh, uh, it's in Southern California. He would kick the shit of us a lot. And he had no problem beating us for the slightest kind of a problem. Anyway, um, he would beat my mom as well. And, uh, and one time in particular I remember that really kind of changed my life probably forever, I guess, um, with my views on, on, on lots of things, um, was uh, I can remember being about four years old, sitting in a chair in my stepsisters, plural, there were two of them, in their room. So... My brother and I were in the room, the two girls were in the room, and we were all crying. And uh, there was a big ruckus going down the hall. Uh, they were having an argument. And so I was four, I was crying, I, I, for some reason I don't know why. Burst out of my chair, opened the door, ran down the hallway, threw the door open to my mom's room, and uh, Alan was on top of her on the bed, choking her, and her, her I mean, she was like, you know, she was like purple. I mean, her, her face, her, her face really was like un. un I guess you, you don't know it until you see it, and then you know that feeling of of something's wrong. Like this is really mm-hmm. kind of um, abnormal and uh, uh, instinctual, right? And so I was just like, "Get off my mommy!" Just as a four little boy, and uh, he jumped off the bed and uh, chased me down the hallway, and grabbed me, and kicked the shit out of me. Um, but, uh, I've always thought that that probably saved her life, you know, and I think she would probably agree. Um, you know, uh, it was one of those freak things, but, you know, so the girl, uh, when I got to be sort of conscious about who I was and the world around me, I guess when you're, what, like fifth grade, uh, the world had already been like, you know, men are evil pricks, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, the world is unjust. Uh, it was a shitty place, really. You know, it was a really shitty place to live and, and grow up. And uh, and you know, there's this the next, I guess, uh, up until I was about 14, um, was just a very tenuous existence, avoiding uh, problems and sort of geeking out with my friends and hiding and reclusing away from the world. You know, so we would play like Dungeons and Dragons and and you know go biking all day, we're just going to jump on our bikes and go bike all day and, and in one direction they're going to start driving back, you know, or um, uh, just to get away. Uh, and then when I started to be a little more conscious just about or conscious about who I was and stuff, and then I started to be very upset about the way the world was. I still was very upset about war and, and uh, you know, famine was a big one for me. It's just uh, uh, up and through, and through high school, you know. So, um, and, and I always and I was always hated bullies, obviously. And so I got in a lot of trouble in, in high school, you know, sort of um, seeing everyone as being part of this 
machine that um, uh, was torturous. So everyone seemed very, to me, everyone seemed very sociopathic. Like they're just, they're just out for themselves, and, and yeah, it sucks. So I'm gonna get mine and all this other stuff. And that was really dis, dis, disheartening. So I, I joined, you know, the punk rockers, and the punk rockers were like, yeah, this place sucks, man, you know. And so that really resonated <laughs> with me, and, and so I hung out with them, and you know, got in all kinds of trouble there. Uh, but uh, you know, I. And we, we got in fights all the time. We, I would get, you know, my head caved in or cave someone's head in, like, every weekend, man. It was, it was just nuts. Uh, it was just in New York. I ran away to go with my dad. And so we got in a lot of trouble with that. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't have any, like, animosity towards any of the people that I uh, got problems with. I mean, some of them got the better of me, and sometimes I got the better of them, and Really, what I what I'm most upset about is just that the, that it was even the thing, you know, that it was even like um, the way we live our lives. I mean, we're on a I, and, and I thought that way now. I thought that the way then. I think the same way now is we're on a fucking blue marble in space, a, a, a literal paradise. There's you know, there's more money now on the planet than there's ever been before. Uh, you know, there's more wealth and technology uh, and, and just means of having like, just a truly fantastic world. And people just don't care. They're just like, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to uh, get, you know, just uh, I'm going to bone her and uh, this guy's a sucker and I'm this guy and I'm going to do this and, and all this other stuff. Uh, and it's just all bullshit. And, and so I don't, I'm mad at people for, for being that way. But I really am. I'm, I'm really mad at uh, the fact that this is even what we're talking about right now. You know, I mean, it just seems like we could be talking about so many other things. Yeah. So uh, and it could be, you know, anyway. But that, that's one of the big barriers in my life has been just the world around us: capitalism, communism, uh, patriarchy, racism. Uh, you know, I like. Yeah. I, I I don't want my daughter to grow up in a world where she identifies with the color of her skin and sees someone who's moderately different than her and, and, and saying that there's some kind of like uh, substantive difference between the two of them uh, on these weird little traits and stuff like that. And I already yeah. see it uh, yeah. poking into her brain. As much as my wife and I have tried to keep all these things away from her, uh, it's almost impossible. You know, she, uh, you know, yeah. we, so, we, uh, she says something like that that really triggers me as far as like, just saying like, ah, oh, this world's going to, you know, teacher things that I think suck and 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 so you know anyway but if you want to talk about barriers and things that overcome that's the thing that I think has been the biggest problem with me and that's just the world around us and I think a lot of people probably can see what that you know can, can probably sympathize with that <laughs> yeah so uh yeah so uh just so I can uh, yeah so just yeah. so I can put this into uh some different words uh, or maybe uh, yeah, well, a little more succinctly in that right so um so you're talking a little about uh one of the biggest struggles you had Right, and uh, and I'm trying to uh, to kind of identify this as well, uh, just for the broader audience, um, as well as like in slightly more specific terms. This idea that uh, you were introduced to uh, to real violence, um, yes, like very early on in life, um, yes, and uh, and you experienced that for a very significant portion of your early life, um, mm -hmm. and and, uh, and kind of the big struggle that you've had because of that. Right is uh is kind of the way it's colored your worldview, uh in in a, in a sense, right? And the fact that uh, uh even then going into uh, probably middle school and then high school, uh and then the years after the fact, 
Right, which is a concept uh, I, I've heard a lot of people who have dealt with violence uh, um, in one way, uh, be that verbal, physical, um, sexual, right, uh, things of that nature, which mm-hmm. is uh, this concept that uh, people suck. Right, that just overall <laughs> people suck. Um, I don't want to be around well, people. Like, yeah. Like, it, it's just... Uh, I see, but I, I, I don't... I would like to make sure that I get the point across that I don't really think people suck. I, I think that they just lack. Oh yeah. Well, um, I, I don't think you think that now. They lack agency. They lack choices, and so it's not. I don't. I'm not mad at people, and I don't dislike people. I love people. I mean, I think people are, are fantastic. I mean, you've got a whole world of people out there that are just fantastic mm-hmm. and, and, and have done amazing things. And I mean, humans, in, I mean, look, this is just one of the things that, that I, I love to think about is the fact that humans have almost gone extinct twice. There were two periods of time in, 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 the, long, in the long durée, as they say, that were, where humans were down to about, you know, 500 to 1,000 individuals on the planet, right? And, and uh, those few people managed to survive they did whatever they had to do to live and then really that's the kind of spirit that is inside of most people i would think i have that mm-hmm. in that, that desire to to live or at least they could tap into it um or or maybe or maybe only a few of us have it who knows um but regardless um i do think it's not people i think it's it's sort of the way things have just sort of played out over the past you know, thousands of years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I'm not, I would never say that I'm mad. I don't, I don't like, I don't dislike people. I don't think people suck. I, yeah. I, I think people are great. I just think it's, uh, you know, we need to get our shit together. You know, that's kind oh. of the thing. Is we need to oh, I can uh, a thousand percent it. agree with that. But uh, but uh, <laughs> it, it's more so that uh, I don't necessarily think you think that now. Right, I, I'm no. more thinking. Oh, there were times, though. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I, I'm more oh, thinking like yeah. I'm thinking like Go high school, off. like high school. Uh, you know, when oh, you're spending yeah. time in New York, as well as like the the years afterwards, right? Kind of like your your late teens, early twenties, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kind of this idea, like I said, this idea that uh, the people kind of suck. Uh, you, you you know, just in a very generic way, like and, and so right. that, that maybe perhaps led you to uh, just uh, kind of just being angry and violent yourself sure right because uh, yeah. you're, you know, you're telling me about uh... I, mean, I always thought people deserved it you know there's always that right i'm mean, always like you know I, I, you know they, they deserve it and then when i get mine it was because of something i, I mean I, I obviously deserve it as well you know i mean yeah you know i mean it wasn't like it wasn't like i was uh you know practicing the violin in my bedroom and, and you know these guys came in and, and dragged me out i was out in the city doing stupid shit uh just say just same as they, they were yeah so you know i mean it's yeah, I mean, if I got my ass kicked, it was it was my fault for being there in a, in a lot of ways because you know because why not? Because I was I was there mm-hmm. playing that you know the you know the man game, I guess. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> you're gonna be the who's who's quicker, who's faster. Toxic, can take a toxic max, uh, masculinity ruins oh, yeah. the day again. Yeah. Um, but like it. Embarrassingly enough, yeah. So yeah. Uh, to kind of really dive into this, right? So and, and trying to put this in a in a way that that's really easy to understand. So like your exposure to violence on violence ongoing from a very young age, uh, for a significant amount of your young life, uh, then, uh, then really led to you, your perception of the world, uh, as a violent place, Uh right. Uh, in which people, particularly people are very selfish and violent and out for themselves, uh, which, Mm -hmm. uh, in the biggest role with that is very much influence how you interacted with the world. 
Right. And so you interacted in a very selfish and violent, right? Like out for yourself type of a way. And, and like, I have to get mine. Right. Uh, otherwise, you know, otherwise they're going to take something from yeah, me. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the, the, the people that I hung out with were, were the freedom fighters, right? I mean, we, we were there to, uh, you know, challenge people that we thought were, were perpetuating the system as it, as it was. Right. Yeah. I mean, so we would get in all kinds of fights with people who, who we thought were, and, and that, and that kind of, that aspect of it blasted well into my thirties, you know, um, that, that was, uh, um, you know, we my friend, you know, when I was in my late twenties and early thirties, we would go to bars specifically for the for for the purpose of of uh, uh, confronting who we thought were dickheads, right? You know, a guy would grab a girl's like a waitress's ass, big, you know, we got something to do yeah. tonight. So, then, so then you'd we, you'd go out we, looking for the fight, right? Oh, but yeah, like when, through uh, through the sense of sure. the sense of just uh, of like. Uh, no, civilizing was, the world, right? Like, like, like bringing, you know, bringing a, bringing a civilization to uh, an uncivilized world. <laughs> no, I'm just sticking up for, you know, I mean, you know, but, uh, you know, you see, so this guy grabs some waitress's ass, and the, you know, a friend of mine walks up and grabs his ass, and it looks at him, you know, like, so, what are you gonna do about it? And like, sometimes it would think, do something about it, and, that, and that's when the fun really, really began. Yeah, and I think, so, sorry, I just, I think this is a really, really interesting concept. Right, because I think it's something that a lot of people deal with, right? Because a lot of people, uh, myself included, um, and and a lot of people I know, uh, a lot of people I deal with, uh, works are, have been exposed to violence at uh, relatively early points in their lives, uh, some mm -hmm. much earlier than others, right? But they've been, they've been exposed to, to violence, and, and that's really colored the way that they interact with the world. Uh, and and yeah. you, like, you know, you're first really exposed at three, four years old. Right where you could really kind of like remember that, and and like and it was ongoing, and so and so like the way you interact with the world carried on well into your thirties, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's the real struggle here, and I think a lot of people can relate to that, which is, um, you know, they might not even realize it's a struggle for them yet because they might be in the midst of it, right? But it's this idea that they're going out and they're getting into fights, and that that's not an effective way to deal. With, with the world and society, like it just only because it well, perpetuates it perpetuates the problem. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, in one way though, I mean, like I, I have entertained the idea that it, that if I was God, that if I could just pick the worst one percent of humanity and you know just uh, um, you know make their fucking heads pop, then the world would be a better place. You know, so and and, and objectively, right? I mean. Uh, so I, I have had that thought, but yeah. uh, but but uh, it, no, it, it most likely happened. negatively influenced the way that you moved to the planet. Um, um, yeah, I mean in in practice, right? I mean like the practice of the the act of, of moving through was old, yeah. was 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 hostile. Um, but I don't think that that is you know is enough information to to uh, to understand that place or where they say that moment you know, when you're when you're doing it. Uh, mm -hmm. when you're, uh, you know, um, it, it's, it's, it's more, it's, it's more than that. I mean, it's the, you're there because of the violence, uh, but the kind of approach you take toward is, 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 is your own, right? That's your own. Um, so, I mean, there's lots of people who react to that kind of stuff who, and they end up, like, I don't know, 
choking young male prostitutes or something like that and burying them in their backyard. I, I mean, I guess that's what some people do. Uh, other people, I don't know what they do. I mean, they, they drink it out. You yeah. Know, you know, drink, drink that out of their system or something. That, um, and, uh, but, you know, I, there, there's other routes, I guess. But yeah. But, yeah, so... But uh, but your exposure to violence at a young age very very much colored than your your outlook on the world and people as a whole uh, for a very very long time, um, and you kind of struggle. And so uh, we're talking about you know the way in which you struggle with that. Um, like, how did that ne- like put it into your own words? How did that negatively affect you? You know what I mean? Like like oh, I, just, I, I thought you were, I, I thought you were say like how, how did it come to an end? <laughs> no, well well like the, the way it comes to an end for most people. Yeah, but but I really want to dive into like like how was it negative like you know because in here like I'm trying to kind of suss it out and so I'll just ask directly because you know, you point out that like uh, even now you kind of entertain the thought of just like taking the worst one percent of humanity violently if you were God well, like not, by not force. Anymore. I mean, I, 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 no, my only point with that was that is that there is certainly I mean objectively the world would be a better place if we could get rid of you know people who are who prey upon others. Right, I mean, if that, you know, like the, the pedophiles and the rapists and the murderers, stuff like that, if we could just get rid of them, I mean, mm-hmm. why would people be doing all this stuff again from scratch, right? I mean, it, is, well, oh, isn't yeah. it uh, true that most of these people who are like that are that way because it was ha- it was perpetrated against them? Yeah. So, so I, I thought maybe but, uh, end the cycle, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. But, but like, but how were you really negatively affected here? Right, because, because like to really struggle, like because you're talking about essentially the struggle that you had because of your worldview, right? So how did you like? What was that? What was that struggle? Like, what did that do to you? Like, it, it, how did that affect you? And how did well, that hold you back? Well, it's very hard to deal with, right? <laughs> you know, um, you're you could you could be uh, in in you know in a uh, in a relationship where with someone that you really really cared about and stuff, but they didn't get it and so you were always sort of outside of that right um they, they were always outside of that world and, and never could really like comprehend it and it's a problem um so you what you do is you end up hanging out with people who have the same kind of view um but you know what really undergirds a lot of of this feeling about the world is uh skepticism you know you have a feeling that uh you know anybody can be a shallow uh, tool and and sort of petty uh, whatever. So you start to look at the people in your life as if they might be like that as well. And so it's very it's it's it makes your relationships hard. It makes you know you, you might say like okay well what's the you know why what's the point of having a job because you know I'm just gonna walk down the street and get shot by somebody anyway or. Uh, you know, I mean, so it really does, and, and I mean, I, I, it was a barrier in a lot of ways to a lot of things and something to overcome. But at the same time, it also frees you up to to do stuff that you know you've got nothing to like. At some certain points in my life, where I just felt like well, there's not much to lose here, and so you go out and do stuff that that nobody does. You know, I mean, I travel around the country, you know non-stop for years and, and hitchhiked and backpacked and lived in squats and and lived in the hills and jumped trains and you know lived in abandoned buildings and and gotten all kinds of weird situations like you would never like you'd never believe you know um and, and none of that would have happened uh had i uh, not had the 
reaction to the experiences that I had. You know right. what I'm saying? Oh so, no, I, I definitely, I definitely hear what you're right. saying, and, and I very much agree. Like our, our struggle, so a lot of times I think struggle is our greatest asset, right? Uh, oh, like, yeah, no, like was, uh, was, as human yeah. beings. Yeah. And uh, but yeah. but in a sense, like the things that we're starting with can also really, really hold us back if we don't deal with them. And so yeah. you know, the struggle here that we're talking about um, is very much the the idea that. Right, so your worldview was was colored in a very negative light from a very early age, and mm-hmm. and that really impacted the way uh, you developed relationships with people, right? The way people could develop relationships with you, yeah. right? Um, right? And then uh, because you saw the world in such a negative way, right? Uh, and if people didn't see the world in the same way, they had a tough time dealing with you and, I, and I'm sure then you, you had a tough time seeing the, the value and well what's the value of getting a job what's the value of pursuing my education or yeah uh, or career sure. right like like what's well, the point you like... outside you know I mean, when you have that kind of worldview uh you know a kind of anarchist and punk rock worldview you're on the outside you know and and uh you know one you don't want to be on the inside because the inside sucks it's full of assholes and 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 petty tools so you don't want to be on the inside, and then at the, at the other hand, you, you think, okay, well, you know, um, what else are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, I, it's, it's really a kind of, kind of a tightrope walk. And it, even going into academia was the, the number one thing that I had a problem with, with going into academia was um, maintaining my own identity through the process of becoming trained to be a certain way, right? To, to think in a certain way. Mm. How can I maintain Chad while at the same time becoming, uh, you know, a, a PhD in urban affairs, right? Yeah. So, so study city at a scientific level. How, how can I still remain myself? Yeah. So that, that was a, a bit of it, but. Yeah. Um, so then, uh, so then the real question is right then. So like the thing that the, the way that you view the world, um, it's, it's still, uh, it's still definitely coloring the way you, you you view the world. I, I can see that now, right? Even even sure. just talking to you, right? But uh, the how? But you've made a lot of progress since your late twenties, right? Early thirties. Um, you know, you you, you, sure. you went back to school. Like I mean, you had you education. Know, on, on, you, on those you, metrics, yeah. On, on those on those kinds of metrics, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. no I'm no closer to fixing the world uh, oh, than I. Oh was yeah, but I'm, just, I'm talking about just, just some success in your own life. You know, you're you're married, yeah. right? You have a daughter. Yeah. Right, you know, you went yes. back. You found something you were passionate about and cared about, and got educated so you could work on making an impact in that thing, right? So, how did you sure. get to that place, right? Like, how did you overcome that worldview, right? Like, oh, at, least to, at least to that, a point. That, that was the number one thing was, was was going to the pokey. To to the pokey. The pokey, yeah. I went to jail, second degree assault. <laughs> okay. So I went to the workhouse. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, okay. So so that uh... so that that was uh, that was it. I was like, okay, this is it. I'm done. I'm gonna get out of here. I'm doing something completely fucking different. Oh yeah. This so so it. you had that like, that really you know, big I mean, it's wake up call to live in like you know uh, live on the streets of Manhattan when you're 15 years old uh, and all the shit that you see there. But you can get away if you really really wanted to. And I always knew that I could leave if I wanted to. I didn't want to because I thought it was fun. I mean, I would run away for other reasons. But I didn't run away because it was dangerous. It stayed because it was dangerous. It stayed because it was exciting. Right? Okay. It was something to do. It wasn't boring. You know? I mean, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to be in my bedroom playing the saxophone <laughs> by myself because it's fucking boring. You know what I mean? Uh, what was exciting to me was, was being in a world where anything could happen. Well, 
you can do that until you go to jail. And when you go to jail, then it's just the, it's the sucky world that you can't escape. You can't leave. You can't. You're, you're there. You're there. Yeah. And uh, you know that 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 to me, I I I never say look at there. Yeah, yeah. You can just you know do this kind of stuff in broad daylight. Uh, it's you yeah. Know, they'll, they'll get you. Huh. Yeah. So so, uh, so you're yeah, struggling jail, here, and you had that big wake up call. Jail, then, what's that? Oh, I was going to say, so you're struggling, you're moving along, but you're kind of happy with where you're at, but then you had that big wake-up call that what you were doing was really negatively affecting your life. At the time, I was, I was, it, was, it, was, it was Nirvana, you know, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I was six foot three and a half, 205 pounds, I was uh, probably one of the quickest guys I knew, um, I could take a punch, I could give one good, you know, uh, I was very good at yeah. uh, hitting first, and uh, had no problems with really the, the scenario, the friends that I had were extra capable. <laughs> Yeah. So, that tip, boys, uh, you know, so we hadn't had. I was a tree trimmer. You know, I mean, I, like, I, I uh, picked up trees for a living. And I was, I was ripped. I was, I was strong and uh, healthy. I ate sushi pretty much every night. I drank sake every night. Uh, my friends and I just all we did was just work hard and punch people, and that was like what we did. It was, it was, it was fantastic. Yeah. Like I, so I had no problems yeah, with that. So. I found, I had found my niche. Uh, but um, yeah, going to jail so. is. Uh, what was the thing that I sort of said, okay, well, you know, this is, it only gets worse. For well, me. yeah, like, so you, you had that wake up call that this was really negatively affecting you. Um, well, I got caught. Yeah. No, I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, at, at, that, at that point, from when I was about 27 to, I guess, the word when I go to, went to jail, I was like 33 or 34. That period of time there, I was, I was actually quite happy with the misery. As my friend might say, I had embraced the suck. Like, uh, if the world was going to be this way, then I was going to be who I am, and, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so, it, was, it, was, it was pretty okay. Yeah, so jail uh, is really your wake-up call. So jail is yeah, your wake-up call. Sure. Then what do you do when you get out, right? Because... Go back to school. So yeah, you, I went back to school. So did you... Yeah. Uh, I mean, I always knew that was something I could do, right? I mean, I always knew that was something I could do. I had the GI Bill. Uh, I had... Um, uh, I already had a, a, an associate's degree from from before uh, when I had just gotten into the army. Um, I, uh, I I had I had specific interests and uh, I kind of knew that I had this, some skills uh, to get me through the classes and stuff. Uh, so I was always a good reader and always a good writer and, and all that kind of jazz. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, it was a school. Was, so what I'm gonna do? So what skills? You know, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't. After I went to jail, when I got in jail, I didn't go into a bar for four years. Okay. Yeah. So that's a very specific thing that, that I really like. Is that so you yeah. avoided going to a bar, right? Uh, yeah. Did, did I, you I, cut? No, I, I would. I would. I would did, get nauseous if, if the, the idea of walking into a bar made me nauseous. Yeah. Did you? Uh, did you cut because all those uh, well, old friends was, out of your know, life? What's that? Did you cut all those no, old the friends? friends? Are, your friends are your friends. They don't care if you go to the bar with them or not. You know, you sit around and play video games and, and all the rest of it. Eh. You know? I, I, I think that depends on their friends. Um, well, you, friends you, 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, but I mean, like, yeah. like, but the people you had in your life were what I mean is like they also were very happy with that violence, right? Sure. I'm assuming, right? And so, did you have to kind well, of take I mean, stock of jail too? For, you know, for them, me going to jail was also sort of a, a thing for them. You know what I mean? Like that. You know, I mean, there's about six or seven of us, you know, and uh, uh, at any given time, uh, and and uh, you know, when one of us goes to jail, it's like, dude, you know, that sucks. Okay. Oh, you know, so, so you're all kind of making the same journey together, 
then at that point as well, all right, which well, is the we idea. Decided, I think, yeah, we decided to not do that anymore. I think is what we decided. To do. Yeah, and so well, I, I think that's uh, an important thing to stick on, right? And so you didn't you didn't have to cut people out of your life because those people also yeah. kind of had the same wake up call you did in a slightly different way. Yeah, but they were, they were also then making progress towards not being that way anymore. So so you surrounded yourself. Yeah, you were surrounded with people who were making that progress with you, right? You didn't mm-hmm. have to cut the people out of your life because they were they were making right. the journey with you. But but sure. perhaps if they weren't trying to make that journey with you, if they were trying to stay in that life, right? It, it might have been different. Yeah, that, that would have been a problem, you know. Well, I mean, not, actually, it wouldn't have, uh, because I just don't have to go, right? I mean, oh, you guys are going to go uh, to this such and such place? Uh, yeah. Sounds great, you know, uh, have fun. Duck, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, stick and move. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, yeah, well, I, I think it, it is something, though, very important, though, that, like, I, I think it's very important to have people around you, right, who share the same vision, in mm-hmm. in a broad sense of, of where you want to be, like you want, like wanting to to stop whatever you were doing, uh-huh. right? That then you realize, like, oh shit, this is gonna end us up in jail, or it already ended up what one of us in jail. Maybe it's gonna end up with one of us getting killed, right? right? And and so you know we need to stop this, and so we need to make the effort to to really change things up, and I think. It's really important to have people around you who who feel the same way, and if people, if the people that you surround yourself with, really don't think that, I, I think mm-hmm. it's context, right? It's something that we were talking about earlier with your book, right? It's uh, in social sciences in general, context is very important, and it's so like yeah. the context of like, like the people around you matter, right? And it's the people around you, like at least uh, at the very least, aren't aren't necessarily support like they don't necessarily have to believe the same things you do or want the same things you do but they aren't supportive in that and you doing the things that you want uh, it can be very very hard to stay on that path um and so i i think not to minimize it i I think it's very important that you were surrounded by people who wanted the same thing you did in a broad sense right and we're on that same journey right well i mean you know we're all very creative people you know and so um uh, I think that might be one of the reasons why uh, we could leave it. Yeah. Uh, because it wasn't, you know, all we did. Because we would have, uh, we make things and, and do things and, and uh, you know, uh, have fun and and uh, investigate stuff and, and, you know, and, and the rest of it. So um, uh, what what you do is you free yourself up to in uh apply that creativity in other ways yeah so yeah so so you went to jail got out uh surrounded by people who who were also uh wanting to get out of the life you were in um yeah you went to school well i mean you know i wouldn't say i wouldn't say that but i mean just you know um i wouldn't say they want to get out of that life uh i mean it's you know, it's like a little family. You know, I mean, it's it's and, and that's, families do certain things, and and uh, you know, um, uh, and I don't know. I, it's not. It's kind of hard to. I, I guess I, I kind of there's this th- idea out there that I'm trying to grab at, which is like, um, this is what you do. It's just like who you are. 
You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. like what you do, it's who you are. You can't like get away from who you are. You can only you can only put it on the back shelf and do and, and reach for something else that's that's back there. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, I guess uh, it's just sort of you know you can say it's like time to put this kind of thing away, right? Or maybe it's time to grow up and but you can't get away from from who you are. So a, a lot of the guys that I would hang out with, you know, uh, didn't necessarily change. But at the same time, they, they didn't expect me to risk myself to do all kinds of silly things either, you know. So, um, uh, you know, uh, there was a, you know, a lot of Friday and Saturday nights where I'd be off by myself, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and, uh, you know, on Monday morning or something like that, I'd check out someone's shiner or their busted knuckles or yeah. something like that. And well, like, oh, yeah, I guess then. Boy, that was, must have been great. At the very least, they were supportive <laughs> then. Yeah, yeah, the, it, it, the support is, is uh, essential, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So wake up call. Well, there's support. The, there's the, you go to school. Some people run away quite a bit, and and I and I think there's a lot of people that uh, when they, the process of overcoming stuff, they might have found themselves running away. I've always run away. Like that was always mm-hmm. something that I would do, always knew I could do. So I never really contemplated uh, committing suicide, uh, even though as bad as it might have gotten a long time. I was like I always knew I could leave. I always knew I could just like. Just run away and, uh, and and pop up somewhere else and just be someone completely different and just and just go with that, you know. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think so, that's an important point. There is uh, is recognizing that uh, you have agency. Uh, kind of no yeah. no, oh, no yeah. matter how bad things are, right? Um, like things sometimes things fucking suck, and sometimes there are things that are just that are out of your control. Sometimes you're you're sick, right? Yes. Sometimes you get hit by oh, a car, yeah. right? You, you yeah, know, just, your chemicals aren't right, or or something's you know maybe you have an illness. You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, you know sometimes there are, there are things that are absolutely out of your control, but you can control how you react to them. Uh, but but it's important to recognize that, that as humans, right, we always have agency, uh, and almost no matter no matter how bad things are, we can work on changing our environment. We can work on changing the people around us. We can work on changing where we're at. Uh, what we're thinking, the way we approach the world around us, the yeah, perspective we be, have. I, for my own sake, I, I, I wouldn't be. I mean, my own position is I wouldn't be too too glib about that. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be too like hopeful that people can just change stuff. I mean, when you believe that you're a certain way, and you really believe that, uh, there options don't exist. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, so if you, I, I, I've known lots of kids in my life when I was growing up that were. Uh, that literally didn't have the capacity to choose running away. It just it didn't exist for them, right? I mean, so they didn't have the, um, you know, and a lot of these kids blew their brains out, you know, uh, just yeah. didn't, didn't, couldn't hang with it and said, you know, I, you know, and whereas I was like, look, let's just bail. Yeah. Know, let's, just, let's just go. We'll but, run away to California. No, and that wasn't happening. Yeah, but, um, but I, so, I like to really, you know, I, I truly believe, sorry, that, like, because it's something where I kind of disagree with you on, right? Is that um, sometimes people don't have the skills, right? You you innately have the skills to recognize that, right? Because the skill to recognize that you have agency, right? It, it's not the fact that you don't have agency in some way, shape, or form, either with how you perceive the world, uh, or or where you, where your feet are going, right, or where you're living, uh, in a sense, like it, or who you surround yourself with. Right, everyone has agency. It's whether you have the skills to recognize it. I think right. it is really important. And so, well, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. I mean, I, I suppose that you know, there's, it's, you know, like psychology is not my field, and, and uh, you know, there's lots to be learned. 
in the field of psychology about this. I mean, there's a, an actual, you know, people study uh, the brain itself and like the actual passageways and, and, and uh, you know, it's not just about philosophy or it's not just something we can just like speculate about what exists uh, in the mind, right? Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's a science to it and there's people who understand that science. I don't. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, yeah. I, so, so... That's the perspective, maybe, I guess, maybe, I, I take it from. Like, I spent, sorry, that's the perspective I kind of take it from, which is a sense of, like, I spent the last year uh, very much learning about these skills, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, learning about the skills that, that anyone can learn uh, because, uh, you know, like, the, there are biological things and social things, right, environment things that, that really lead to how you perceive the world and the messiness they believe about your emotions and how you feel and what you can and can't do, right? Uh, but there are skills that anyone can learn to help regulate those yeah. emotions to help uh yeah. regulate your thoughts I, I, don't, I don't know if i, I don't know if, if the if the science would bear that out because i mean you know when you say anybody you're talking about a you know kalahari bushman witch doctor in the year 1620 you know what i mean it's a you could just you tell this person oh you can just go do this like like that's just going to be well, something well it's not do. something that you can I, just, I just tell them that's... Right, uh, it's skills that you have well, to you learn. You can tell them, but I mean, they're not going to understand you. They don't have, they, they, like I said, they don't have the capacity. Uh, they don't have the language, right? I mean, this is what my wife and I kind of noticed about our daughter. Uh, what we thought was really frustrating was the that you know she didn't have the 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 words to 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 bring to bear on the situation. You know, there was it, it was kind of like an existence of confusion. It seemed like for her. Do you know what I'm saying? Like like. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a truly a true lack of understanding. I I I don't know much about like I said uh, the science of the mind, um, but I I would be very skeptical if uh, of this of the of the notion that anybody could do this thing. You know what I mean? I I just don't I just, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's maybe theoretically, uh, but if, if I'm not worried I'm not worried about the world of theory. I'm worried about the world of practice. And in, and in practice, it doesn't really bear out that way. I mean that's you know. Uh, I, I spent a lot of time with kids in, in like the South Bronx and, and, and the Lower East Side of Manhattan, uh, East Los Angeles, Venice Beach, and uh, you know they just wasn't on the menu uh, to do something other than what they were doing, and, and, yeah. and they you know take take that to their grave. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm like and which, uh, which a very, like I said, I, I think so. so I'm, I'm a little skeptical. I mean, I, I'm, certainly people can you know uh, uh, have their beliefs about what that that is, but I'm I'm, I'm just skeptical. That's all. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> Well, like, I, I would encourage you to look into the concepts of, uh, uh, in this particular thing, the thing I'm talking about is, uh, is dialectic behavioral therapy, right? But it's, it's this concept that, um, that there, there are core skills that are universal, uh, almost across cultures, uh, which is things, uh, such as mindfulness, um, in, in the way in, in which you perceive the world, right? And, and how you can take control of your mind and take control of your thoughts. Right. right, and these are things that, that have been borne out uh, over millennia, right? Uh, like things that uh, across cultures, right? Uh, like where, well, yeah, yeah I, I might not necessarily be able to train though. Well, yeah, no, but I'm talking about right, right, well, I'm okay. talking about skills, being, right? So what I'm talking right, about is about skills, and that anyone can learn their skills. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean, though. Is that like it's what I mean? Is that like what I'm talking is right, so right. Is that some people that's don't have the skills? Yeah, it helps to be specific. When when yeah. um when, when we say that anybody can do this, I think that is false. When you say that that the mind can be trained, I mean I think in general that's true. Of course, there's people who who 
who have don't have the uh, the mental architecture right to hold training right so, um there, there's these people exist right uh so I, I mean I don't know I, I guess it would be you know um I encourage people to believe it <laughs> yeah. because uh you know I, I think that's a, it might be a useful thing for uh, to, for people to believe um uh, but um. Certainly, the mind can be trained. That 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 would have absolutely no no yeah. no. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. So what I've been yeah, yeah trying to to out here right, is that sure, there sure. were people who didn't necessarily like. I think what you're talking about here is the concept of agency, the idea of agency, taking control of your mind, your surroundings, your perception of the world, right, is very um, much a skill, right, that not everyone is born with, and not everyone is taught right. growing up. Right. right. Uh, some people are just born with it. Uh, some people just get it instinctually. Right. And, and then some people uh, are are taught it growing up. They're socialized with it. And some and some people learn it later in life. I think it's a skill that you can that can be taught uh, to small children. Right. All the way up through mm-hmm. through elderly adults. Right. And uh, right. and of course, there are always going to be things uh, like always going to be language barriers and and context is important. Right, but it's very much a skill that anyone that I believe anyone can learn, uh, barring some. Like I, I will have just in the sense that, that barring some fundamental uh, disability, uh, preventing sure. the ability to communicate with them in, in a way that they can understand. Right. right. Um, so I mean, the, the danger I think with saying with 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 saying that anyone can do it um, is that without without the caveat of, of that of, of, of training and and with and having a certain kind of capacity to be trained is that you know we'll get into the problem of saying for example um, someone can just overcome depression you know, they can just overcome that or uh, they can overcome their fear of being assaulted at what they've been previously yeah. assaulted like they can just sort of you know magically come in to be uh, to have power over their oh, yeah. Own mind Oh yeah, it's, uh, it's not it's, a magical thing. Very, right, we should be very. I, I would like to be very careful about um, what our expectations are of other people, you know, because yeah. you know this pull up by the bootstraps thing is, is part of the problem, frankly, with with a lot of the way the world is run. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I, I don't like the idea it, that it, it actually. I, it, I think it eats empathy from people. Like it mm-hmm. really kind of destroys the capacity to have empathy and when when this when you become a, too attached to this idea that people are are really sort of you know. Uh, rugged individuals or something no yeah. no, <laughs> there, no there was one there was one thing that there was they're saying like uh, a sign in new orleans uh after katrina there was a sign up that says stop calling us resilient you know people were saying like oh the people were you know they're really resilient you know these kinds of things and the people were just like you know well, don't you fuck off man you know i, I, I mean i don't want to be resilient how about yeah. that how about how about how about you know we were just here and there's this kind of this chance mm-hmm. act of nature this sort of uh, you know caught us by surprise, and, and, and more importantly, the state uh, and city that under which we live, yeah, and have a, a sort of a contract with, um, failed us, you know. And so, so how about instead of saying that we're resilient or we have these capacities, to sort of how about just uh, being empathetic neighbors, you know? And, and so, I think there's a, a kind of a threat or a kind of a danger in, in framing things a certain way uh, about people's capacities and I would like to err on the side of caution you know what I mean I, I think it's important to do that mm-hmm. um, err on the side of perhaps for this person or that person it might be more complicated or or you know um, uh, you know maybe training won't cut it 
you know, maybe maybe at the end, maybe in practice, what they'll do is they'll just commit suicide. You know what I'm saying? Or uh, so, uh, and that's kind of where the, the the theory about what the mind does sort of ends. You know, uh, for that person, for that person, right? So we we're all yeah. individuals, and we all you know uh, have very sort of unique, um, as a, a, some might say, a situation, a very unique situation, a very unique. Uh, um, interaction with the world and interaction with their own mind, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I, but I think it's anyway. I just I think it's really important. Like I said, to point out the fact that you know you inherently have the skill, right, of, of understanding. Yeah, I, mean, um, I don't know where I learned it. I mean, I I don't uh, you know. It, I mean, I think it's not always learned. It's not. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where I got it. I don't know where I got it. Uh, like it's it's a concept of uh, the biosocial theory. Right, uh, some things are just genetic, and some things are social, uh, but but everyone is a combination of both, right? And so mm-hmm. some people experience emotions more intensely than other people. Uh, some experience them, them less. Uh, there's always an interaction, right? I mean, there's always uh, an interaction. There's never a just. I mean, there's always genetic uh, predispositions for certain behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but I mean, but, if, but if the, you, you know, you, you can have all the genes in the world if you're if you're if you're. Uh, Born mm-hmm. into and exist within a dark room with no light and and you know a tube for food. Uh, how likely are these capacities yeah. going to to yeah. be to manifest? So there's yeah. always uh, with humans always it's impossible to have uh, a, a situation where your genes interact in, in some way that is not affected by the environment. Oh no, I I, I thought of such great. That, that's the whole concept of the biosocial theory, right? Uh, my my yeah. point was that uh, uh in you it's probably is. Like your genetics combined with your life experience is probably what uh, helped you innately understand the skill. Yeah. Right. Maybe, it, maybe, like, maybe, what, grandpa, maybe grandpa's confidence. Well, exa- but but exactly. <laughs> I had a really like, cool grandpa man growing up. He's kind of an interesting dude. That can be huge, right? Combined with, yeah. um, like me, uh, like we were talking about before, is that uh, is humanity's uh, in like inherent will to survive, right? And, and things of that nature, and so put in a stressful environment like you are growing up, uh, combine that with your genetics and the concept that, well, fuck, like, if I'm going to survive, I need to get out of here. Yeah. Perhaps, right, and then, you know, you just learn you learn that it works. Right. Or, or and, maybe it's just that song, you got to know when to hold <laughs> Right. <laughs> maybe that's it. You know, maybe it's a stupid, maybe a stupid country song. Yeah, and uh, but but I just think... got into my brain somehow and just wormed in there and uh, it's sort of now there's like a little country western guy in my brain pulling levers and uh, turning knobs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but I do you, think you, it's the Sam Harris at all. Do, do you know? Do you, have you read any Sam Harris about free will? Any of this uh, not uh, not really. Not that I can recall uh, specifically. I'll, I'll, I'll send you something on Facebook. It, it, there's there's a couple of things that don't that make you scratch your head at least. I hope it makes you scratch your head. Yeah, but um, so uh, but anyway, I, just, I like the I like the image of some uh, you know banjo player in my brain, kind of directing traffic, so to speak. Oh yeah, so uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, just because we're we're sitting about an hour uh, eleven minutes here, uh, for the recording, oh, wow. right? And I so uh, and so I, I just kind of want to touch base, uh, kind of with a uh, kind of summary, uh, kind of what we talked about here, um, yeah, right. And so it's the idea here, right? Uh, Exposed to violence uh, at a very young age, um, continually, 
uh, and the real struggle you have with that is, is the the concept of the way you approach the world, your worldview as a whole, uh, calls some real problems in your life, uh, in the sense of uh, you're more violent, right? Uh, couldn't develop relationships with uh, people who didn't necessarily share your worldview Not in a very, yeah, yeah, in a very specific way. Nope. Uh, innocent, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of culminated, right? Uh, with you, uh, you ending up in jail. Mm-hmm. Right, and so that was kind of your big wake-up call that, fuck, like, something's got to change here. Um, yeah, that's like so. And so getting out of jail, um, you know, I, I think some of the real core skills that I've picked out here, the core things that i picked out here is that you change your environment. Right, so you stopped going to bars. Oh. Right, like, yeah, you, you yeah. stopped going to bars. Uh, you, you stopped going going out with people who you knew were looking for, a, like, you didn't go out with them to look for fights. You were still, you still had the yep. people in your life, right? But they're also uh, a group of people who are supportive of your life, of your lifestyle change, which is really, right. really important. You, you had people in your life that were supportive of you, right? You recognize that you had to change. They recognize that you felt you had to change and that perhaps it would be better for you. So you don't have to end up in jail again. Right. And, yeah. uh, and then you, you found, you went back to school and found something you were passionate about. Right. Uh, because you had uh, yeah, I was able to manifest. I mean, I mean I've, I've been to the sustainability since I was a kid. You know, I mean, you know, how, how, the whole question was how are we going to have a better society? Yeah, you know, um, and, right. yeah, and so you uh, and then and as a result of that, you found success both uh, in your professional career, right? Uh, uh, you ended up attaining a PhD. Oh, you're I teaching mean, graduate studies. That, that we that's a steak. level. Yeah. I'm going to tell you that we had steak tonight. That's a level of success. A lot of people that's, don't. That's it is. Right. Good... Our, our great ancestors were, would, would have looked at the meal of green beans and chuck roast uh, on my plate tonight and just been in awe of yeah. how fantastically easy it was to reach into yeah. the fridge. Uh-huh. Even, even success by egg. by today's standards, like, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I, I couldn't put that meal together. <laughs> by tonight. human standards, I'm a god. Yeah, right? right. I, and have, so... I have fermented, fermented wheat. Yeah, and so, um, like, and then your personal life right uh you know you're married uh you have a daughter yeah. right um you also have a son that you're proud of uh from for much earlier on in your life uh, i'm assuming you're able to have a, a richer relationship uh, i don't want to put words in your mouth but i'm assuming it's maybe a richer relationship than it was 15 16 years ago um, with, my, with my son yeah oh certainly yeah you know i mean he and i i mean he and i lived together uh, when he was a baby when i got out of the army uh, it was just he and i uh, and then his mother got him and had him and hid him away from me for, for you know, I guess 15 years, something like that. And then uh, after that, we started hanging out here and there and stuff. And so he, he does a lot of what I used to do when I was a kid, uh, which was um, uh, wander around, you know, go, you know, he, he plays guitar on the street corner in New Orleans and he's perfectly happy doing it. And, uh, yeah. and I understand. I understand. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I know the, uh, the allure. Oh, yeah. Well, you know. in like, in the concept, right, of, of this is, this podcast as well is right is that success isn't always defined as this one thing it's not i'm rich and but it's right. not all like it's not, ju- it's not just i'm rich or i own yeah. a business or yeah. i'm employed or i have a family and i have kids like it whatever success means to you right it, it's sometimes just you're you're better off than you were you know yeah. and I like, I like i like the word flourish Callum. Yeah. flourishing is a good word are you yeah. flourishing? Are, 
I mean, in other words, are you are you uh, exploring the kinds of questions that 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 you want? I mean, there's this is the I think part of the problem with the world is that we aren't allowed the space to engage the kinds of questions that we have about the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, um, and, and it, that to me uh, is the agora. You know, you're sitting on a the steps of a marble temple uh, with a bunch of other weirdos drinking wine and talking about stuff that you find interesting. Well, yeah. you know, that's that's complete leisure. That's ultimate leisure, right? I and mean, that's just it's human flourishing. Yeah. Uh, and it's really we're lacking that in so many different ways. Uh, yeah. But you know, you could have, like you said, you could have a hundred thousand dollar a year job and not have not be afforded that luxury. My son plays guitar for money on the street corner in New Orleans, and he does it all fucking day. You exactly. Know? So and I mean, so, uh, so happiness. Right? <laughs> well, exactly. Like like yeah, I think yeah. success. Success, it, like I said, it's, it's not just one thing. It's it's this place where, like, you're happy with your life uh, in an effective yeah. way. Right. And, and what I yeah, mean by I mean, that, that people, right? I mean, yeah, right. right. A lot because, of people will be very happy uh, killing themselves with heroin, right? I mean, that's, yeah, that's or, perfect. Or you were, I don't think it's like, success. <laughs> well, we talked about earlier, you it were is, perfectly happy right. in your life going out every weekend and beating people up. Right? Yeah. I don't necessarily think, though, that's an effective way to live. Right, because it puts your life in danger, it puts their lives in danger, you can end up in jail, you can end up killing someone. Right. It's just bullshit. Exactly, right. But and so it success to me, right, it's it's being happy with your life in an effective way. Right. And um and it sounds to me like your son is that way. Right. It's not necessarily having a lot of money, but you know, he's he's happy, he's healthy. Right, He's sitting on the steps of the Agora every day. You know? Yeah, it's and and so that that, that, to that to me is success, right? And mm-hmm. you know, and so, but because you recognize that what the way you view the world, right, uh, and the way you act in the world because of that was ineffective, right? And, and you you put to use the skills to change that to change that, right? You, you've achieved mm-hmm. happiness in, in a much more in in a much more effective way that's improved your relationships it's improved your uh not necessarily improved your career but it's changed your career right to something that you're yeah, yeah. that that much more aligns to your passions and it's allowed you to right. just have a fuller life overall and I, I think that's really really important for anyone listening is yeah, right is that, the only thing i'm the only thing i'm lacking is more students you know just give yeah. me more students exactly. more because you know i it's not, it's not that I want to teach them stuff. I, that's that, that. No, I, I think we've got to, it's it's use. It's the classroom is where a good instructor. I like to consider myself one, and the and the students create knowledge together. Like I, I learn stuff from them all the time. You know, they say something weird that that uh, you know I hadn't thought of before uh, because they're ex- in, in, in an entirely different society almost in a way than than, than I am. Yeah. So you know we. And, and their newness and freshness and and sort of uh, uh, objectivity in a lot of ways um, is is uh, where it's at with regards to to uh, producing creating knowledge right this is why this is why professors have graduate students right so they can all work together I mean I, yeah. ideally uh, and to produce yeah. things and so um yeah the only thing I'm lacking is uh is even more more students and some more books and uh, write another book would be nice so you know I don't know. Yeah, like, and, and it's amazing. It's amazing what um, once you uh, once you acknowledge uh, your struggle, right? You get your head out of your ass. Yeah, well, yeah, like <laughs> you know, for, for some people that's what it is. For some people, you just have to fucking get well, your head out yeah, of your ass and know. open up your eyes, right? But but once you acknowledge the struggle, right? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe like for me, um, 
you know, one of my biggest struggles is uh, my genetic disease, right? And I've known about it since I was fucking seven years old, right? Well, but I flip-flop between acceptance and uh, defiance with it for so long. And until uh, much more recently in the last uh, 18 months or so, I've reached a place of a very, like, radical acceptance, which is the idea that that is what it is. is something I can't affect and it's something I can't change. That particular thing, right? Uh, but, like, the struggle I had was dealing with that. Right, but yeah. uh, so like once you recognize the thing that you're struggling with, you you can put then put forth the skills, uh, you know, learn the skills, um, or or tap into what you already know to affect change in that struggle, um, right, and and then overcome it, and and be you you might be amazed at what changes in your life when you do that. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I suppose most people that are even watching this video or. Are, are here because they have some kind of capacity to, to, to make a change. I mean, they're here watching it, obviously, for some reason other than, like, you know, uh, laughs, I guess, <laughs> or, or whatever. You know, they're not learning how to, how to bake a cake or whatever. Exactly. Um, like, so, And so, so it's you know, really amazing. I'm yeah. glad I had the chance to talk with you. Um, yeah. yeah so uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Uh, we're, we're running a little bit long here. I don't want to keep you too long. Um, well, you can always cut it down. You always got this magic edit key, and uh, oh, it's true. But it's always tough to figure. It's always tough to you figure know. out what are you going to cut. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, because uh, uh, the thing for me, right, is it's a three-minute uh, video. Like yes. co- content is king, right? In the sense that also it's like, I who am I to necessarily judge what value someone will get out of something? Right. So something well, I, I might find. Yeah. Something I might I, I find frivolous. Definitely, like, uh, Take take my face and then like like put a picture of yours next to it. Oh because yeah. It, I mean, right because there was just me this whole time, and it would have been much more interesting if if you would have been on there as well. Uh, but you know, oh, maybe yeah. we can just do it again when your computer's working. We'll oh yeah. Again. Oh, I'll definitely have you on again because uh, I sense there's <laughs> a lot more we can talk about. You also yeah. have a rich and varied life, uh, so we can talk about more than one struggle. It's not like because uh, the thing is not oh, yeah. it's not always just one struggle. That people have. Uh, remember oh, that, right. anyone it's, listening. It's, uh, there's a, that's what life is. Yeah. Life is a struggle. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it's so, you know, it's, it's, it is, it is a struggle. So we will... struggle or there are struggles. You know, I was talking like, like earlier today, I was telling a friend of mine, you know, um, uh, horses, you know, they're going to go kill a bunch of horses out in, in the, in the West and stuff like that. And he's like, well, you don't want them to starve. And it's like, dude, that's what animals do. That's what the world is about. Yeah, and the world is is suffering. The world, you know, but the reason why horses are majestic creatures is because so many of them have starved. The ones who didn't are these magic, you know, they they were the best, and now you see these muscled, powerful, fast, you know, noble beasts cruising through the the wild because so many of them, because life is a is a struggle. Yeah, well, you, right. I mean, that's, that's... <laughs> like <laughs> life is struggle. Um, that's right, and and that's okay. That that is a hundred percent okay because you can find happiness uh, despite yeah. that. And so um, we'll go ahead and wrap this up, and uh, we'll All definitely right. have you back. But um, All right. just well, kind of close the time. Dude. Yeah. So yeah. So just to kind of yeah. close things out, um, you uh, can fo- uh, check out Chad. Sorry, uh, at uh, citiesarethekey dot com. Uh, cities are the key. Uh, twit at Twitter. Uh, so you have a key on Facebook. Uh, check out his Facebook. book. 
uh, America's Addiction to Automobiles. Uh, you can find it at CaesarKey.com as well as Amazon. I know you can find it on Amazon. I checked it out there. Um, uh, be sure to check out his uh, YouTube channel in the upcoming months for uh, video lessons on it. Um, those, those will be pretty exciting. Um, that will be really awesome. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, uh, be sure to like, follow, subscribe, uh, whatever platform you're on, like whatever their thing is, because uh, we're on lots of platforms. Uh, you can f- check us out uh Google Play Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, um, and Anchor.fm. Uh, you can also follow us on social channels uh, at OvercomingPC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, and if you uh, want to contact me, uh, you can do it on any of those platforms, but you can also uh, email at OvercomingPC at gmail.com. Uh, and please, please, if you're hearing this, comment or contact me. I want to hear what you're thinking. Um, like, it's really, really cool, like, to hear from people. So please, please actually comment if you find any value in this. Tell me what you think. Um, and uh, so while wrapping things up, uh, chat, is there one more thing that you feel like you didn't get to say or you didn't necessarily uh, explain the way you wanted to or just one last thing that you'd like to uh, impart on anyone? No, but I'll tell you that this is a cute kid. And, uh, adorable. She's adorable. She's my, my everything, yeah. Her and my, her and her mother, you know, that's what it's all about for me now, you know. Remember I talked earlier about how these guys were my family. You know, this is my family now, so. That's, you know, different family, different environment, different, different side of me. Oh, yeah. Having a, uh, having something there that matters to you. Really, really important, I I think. Um, Yeah, for me. Yeah, I I think it's fair for everyone. Not necessarily a family, but but something that matters to you uh, yeah. matters a lot. And, and so I really Money. like that you. <laughs> Money, a okay. new boat. It can be that yeah. for some okay. people. Uh, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. So that, right, that'll Bill. be the that'll be the podcast. Um, All right. Now I just have an opinion question. Uh, I'm gonna stop. Are we off the camera?